Welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, where guests share their experiences, insights, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And I'll be your host, Kesuthar. Hey guys, welcome to Make Your Mark podcast, and I'm your host, Kesuthar. Oh my goodness, I am super, super excited for this episode. And the reason being is the guest that I have for you today, she has created a different approach, a different strategy on getting creative. Now, as business owners and entrepreneurs, you know how important it is to make sure you continuously innovate, right? Make those changes, um, be better than your competitors, and also provide a better service for your clients. And so today, she's going to be talking to us about this new strategy of really getting creative, thinking outside the box, and just going for it. Now, the old version was brainstorming, but she has turned that around, and she's like, guys, we've got to make a difference here. We, the world is changing, and we've got to change the way we think, and she's going to be explaining that today. Oh, my goodness. Please welcome Robin Lander. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm honored to be on your show and speaking with you, Kay. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. I'm super, super excited um, about this episode and everything that you're going to be talking about today. But before we get into all of that, I would love for you to tell our audience today, you know, a little bit more about your background and what you've been doing and how you've got to this point in business. Thanks so much. Yes, I was a creative professional. Uh, full-time in advertising and in branding and graphic design. And then I fell in love with teaching. And now I'm a a professor, a distinguished professor in the Michael Graves College at Kane University in the U.S. But I still consult with CEOs and CMOs about advertising, branding, design, creative thinking, and innovation. Amazing, amazing. Now, You've got this book out about, you know, the new art of creating ideas, right? Unlocking the, you know, your actual, your potential that you have. Now, first of all, before we find out, you know, a little bit more about how that works, I would love to know where this strategy, this new way of thinking came from. That's an excellent question. And no one's asked me that yet. So I'm thrilled (laughs) that you have. It's an interesting derivation or origin in advertising uh, and in branding and even in graphic design. You have to think about what's in it for the audience, what's how you're going to differentiate your brand from all other brands. And so what's the gap in the consumer's mind? What's the gap in the marketplace? And then As a scholar, when I do research, and all scholars do this, we first conduct a literature search. And that means that you're looking to see what exists, what's been written, what's been studied about your subject. And so you're now looking for what void you can fill to move the discipline forward. And and I teach advertising, branding, graphic design, and creativity at the university. And I have to train my students, my university students, to generate ideas daily. So if you're an art director or a copywriter or a brand designer, it's not that you come up with an idea once in a while. You have to come up with many in one day. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to codify this for everybody. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. That is amazing. So you have seen that there is a gap in the market and that needs to change. So tell us a little bit about this gap in the market that you've seen and then also what the steps are for this new way of thinking. Sure. Uh, The last method for ideation for for idea generation was introduced by Alex Osborne in 1953. Okay. And so we're talking about mid 20th century thinking and Osborne is the O in the agency BBDNO or was, and um, he used brainstorming in an ad agency setting. Mm -hmm. And the thing is we all get told to brainstorm. We want to get creative. We want to think outside the box just brainstorm. Are you saying now we don't need to do that? If that works for you, great. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't doesn't work for everybody. Got it. And the reason that it doesn't work for everybody is that that process requires you to toss out a fully fledged idea or a partially formed idea. But how? Where do you get it from? How do you form the idea? So in that process, there's a missing step, and it's what I call a black box. Because because how do you, what's the mystery? How do you form the idea? The uh, the other methods. There's another method that was also introduced in the 20th century, early 20th century, and then again in the mid century, is a five step process. And the first step is research. The second step is is incubation you let the research that you've done sit in your brain and and your unconscious works on it and then the third step is illumination that means that should be your eureka moment but again how how do you form the idea so they're saying that you do it by researching and then thinking about it but i thought that there would be better if somebody knew how to think about it and then the, the other process is a terrific process, and I, I teach it as well. It's called combinatorial thinking, and I'm sure you're familiar with it when I explain it. You take two existing things or two existing ideas and combine them into a new one. And Einstein used that, Mark Twain used that, Steve Jobs used that, I use it, my colleagues use it, it's wonderful. But you should have more than that one in your skill set. I see. Okay, so what you're saying is, Basically, combined ideas together, right? right. You create a new, uh, a kind of a, a new idea or a right. new idea. And so, for for like your students, for example, you know that have to do this several times daily. How do you make this now easier for yourself? Because I guess this is an entirely new habit now. Right, right. So what I gave them is a process called the three G's: goal, gap, and gain. And so your goal, and so three G's is easy to remember, right? So goal is what you want to achieve. And a lot of people think that their goal is the idea, but it's only what you want to achieve. The gap is where it gets very interesting. And that goes back to what I said. I'm going to put on my glasses so I can think. <laughs> the gap goes back to what I said earlier that I learned about un- thinking about a gap and during research and in advertising. So a gap is that missing piece. It could be a crack in the research. It could be a missing product or a missing service. It could be a new class of drugs, a new operating system. 
It could be a method that hasn't been tested or even tried or been avoided. It could be an underserved audience or people who've been overlooked entirely. There are many gaps in what we do research about, for example, the chronic issues that we all face, the world faces of hunger, poverty, people who are unsheltered, human trafficking, uh, clean water for everybody. So these are gaps in in people's um, interests or approaches. uh, And it can be really anything in, in, in terms of what's missing. So that's the gap. The gain is what's in it for people, society, creatures, or the planet. And so the gain is how you assess what your gap and your goal are aiming for. And it can really, a a gain can really be anything as long as it, to me, has to be worthwhile. Right. Not just profit. I really believe in people, planet, profit. Okay, I like that. I like that. So your goal isn't just to to benefit yourself or even the consumer, the client or your students, but it's to make sure that it benefits the entire world, right? Right. We're we're all there, out there trying to make a mark in the world, but we want to better it at the same time. Right, right. And so you want to think about if you have, if you have what you think is a great idea, Will it contribute to landfill? Will it contribute to to toxic waste? Will it hurt creatures? So you really always have to assess about what's the gain and it shouldn't just be profit. Right, okay, I see. But the thing is, when it comes to business owners and entrepreneurs, right, people turn into entrepreneurs and business owners because of profit. Absolutely. They want to make more money. Absolutely. And so you're saying that alone doesn't make things better. That alone isn't going to work. You can make a profit and it's okay to be be making a profit, but you also need to make sure that you're bettering the world with it. Well, that's my philosophy, right? So I call that a worthwhile idea. And I'm I'm all for profit, right? We live in a capitalist system. Mm-hmm. However, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing isn't doesn't have negative consequences. Um, so if you're if you're thinking about packaging your your product, make sure you're using toxic free dyes. Make sure you're using clean energy, right? So you always want to think about what's in it for more than a profit margin. Okay, I see. I see what you mean. Okay, and so with creating ideas, and you touched upon this um, earlier on, you know, it takes time. It takes time to come up with these ideas. So how do we speed up these pro- um, the process to, you know, kind of go through the different possible ideas to make this um, place a, a better world to live in and also be able to build a business and profit from it? What does that process look like? Well, you want to put on your creativity mindset, and and it's it's not as difficult as people think to become a, a more creative thinker. And um, one of the best ways to do it, especially if you're if you're really thinking about what can I do that people will want, mm. is really try to understand what people do want, right? And and really 
observe people's behaviors. You can go on to Twitter or Instagram and hashtag a product or a service and see what people are thinking or what they're saying. You can enter from pain points. And that's a really good place to enter for entrepreneurs. What is what's What are people having difficulty with? So I'll give you an example. Um, uh, a fellow named Sharma, who was in financial industries, realized that people really have trouble dealing with their 501k plans, with their retirement plans. And so he left working for other financial companies and created his own company called Capitalize, where he helps people specifically with those rollovers and those plans. And so if you're looking for a pain point or the company OXO, which makes is a product design company. So for example, a can opener or a broom, the, the founder noticed that his wife who has arthritis had difficulty opening certain things or using certain tools. So that was a pain point. And he thought there must be better product design for people who do have difficulty with their hands. And even then, if you don't have difficulty with your hands or limited mobility, those products are still great. Right. Okay. I like that because something that I hear time and time again, um, you know, my clients or anyone that I speak with, they say, Oh my goodness, you know what? I had this fantastic idea. It was awesome. And then I found out somebody else already does it. No. So then I decided that I've got to find something else. What would you say to someone like that, that is passionate and has this um, light bulb moment, but then is discouraged just because somebody else is doing it? Well, as I said, we live in a capitalist system. There are many of the same. There are parity products, but what can you do better? Or who can you aim at, right? Is there a, is there an audience who's underserved or an audience who's overlooked? Or can you do it so that you have a business model, for example, um, Bomba's socks. If you buy one, they give one to people who need them. Ah, interesting. So, right? Or so can you do something that 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 creates so um, this brother and sister came up with the idea of bringing in lime tea from, I think it was from Iraq. It was a team that a tea that they loved in their country. Now there are a million teas, right? Yeah. In, in the UK and in the US, but they felt that this was an unusual flavor. And they also make sure that the farmers are taken care of, that the water system is taken care of. So they're doing more. And don't forget that Gen Z holds everybody accountable. They want to make sure that you're doing something good for people or the planet. So you can always think about your idea in terms of having greater breath, a different audience. I mean, there are, think about toothpaste. How many brands of toothpaste are there? Right. Yeah. And I totally agree with you there. And something that I was actually having a conversation with one of my mentors and, um, he says to me, he goes to me, there are no competitors. You're not in competition, right? Because somebody that's doing what you're doing, they're still going to have a different audience, a different style, a different method, a different process 
to what you're doing. There is no competition, right? And when we look at things at supermarkets, we've got several different varieties of supermarkets, but each one of them are completely different. And I guarantee that there's no single one person out there that just shops at one of those supermarkets, right? We like different products from different places. And so I love that you're saying that. And so, you know, when there is no competition, guess what there is? It just means that possibly not only can you learn from somebody that's already doing it and then get creative and think, huh, what can I do that's different? What else can I add to what's already out there, right? What is actually needed? Where are the gaps? But also that means that there's a place for maybe JVs and partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. There's always opportunity that people are, I guess, they they stop following their passion just because they feel like, you know, the, the big boys are going to get the better of them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. Is that right? I totally agree. And there are so many underserved audiences. So mm. if you think about apparel, I mean, how many, there are so many designers and manufacturers. And yet many women with different body types have been overlooked gender fluid people have been overlooked. So, you know, you always can think about something. Um, and I, I completely agree with you. That, that's awesome. And so, do you know what? There is so many different audiences and I just feel like there's so many, there's so many other things that's popping up for people that we didn't have 10, 15, 20 years ago because right. people are now become more aware. And I think that's another big deal that we've got to think about is being more aware about what's going on in the world, what is affecting people. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, watching the negative news every single day, day in, day out, but it's just being aware with, you know, what's going on with the world today and how can we change that to make it a better place? Right. And I'll just give you an example. Um, yesterday, Bernice Chow, who is the creative director of Zambezi, an ad agency, was working on a very expensive hairdryer. And the, the advantage of this hairdryer, we know there are many, many hairdryers and, and there are some extraordinarily expensive hairdryers, is that this hairdryer was tested on all different types of hair, not just aimed at one type of silky hair. And so this is for all women across ethnicities. So it really, you really have to think about who can you serve? Yeah, yeah. And also, I guess, it's thinking about how you're going to brand yourself as well, right? How right. you're going to be standing out. You've got to get creative on that side of things as well, because I, when you talk about hair dryers, I'm like, yep, I know exactly what you mean, right? I love my hair dryers. And I'll tell you something, I, I love my Dyson hair dryer. That is my favorite. <laughs> and so when, yeah, when you kind of think about getting creative and not only creating a product that you're passionate about, that you love, that makes a difference, but you've got to get creative in how you're going to market, how you've got to brand yourself, how you're different to everybody else in the market, right? Absolutely. And so this is why we need to be creative in so many different levels because when you're putting yourself out there, We've got to think about all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess 
making it easier on yourself and having someone like you, people going to read your book on how to get creative, how to think outside the box, um, apart from the unconventional ways of brainstorming, is something that people need to learn, is a new habit people need to embed, and the easiest way is for people to learn from you, to go and read your book, right? Thank you so much. No worries. And I would love for you, before we wrap um, things up, you know, tell us a little bit about the book and what people should expect from it. The book covers how to generate ideas that are worthwhile, as, as you and I, Kay, were talking about. However, it also goes into uh, emotional obstacles. Uh, so you were just saying one of your clients felt down because somebody else had the same idea. So there are all kinds of obstacles, both emotional and practical. So for example, if you are an entrepreneur, but you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and you have people who want your time, that's that's a bit of an, you know, an, an obstacle in terms of your time management. So I go into how to deal with obstacles. I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that we should always avoid groupthink that we should always go outside of the small circle of people and get multiple perspectives. Because when you get perspectives from different people, from a diverse group, you, you hear different things. You, you, it's almost like you can see your idea in a new way and, and hear different voices. You know, if you think about designers who immerse themselves in different cultures, we, we learn so much from different people. And I give all different examples of how you can generate ideas, whether it's for science or product design or the theater or painting or it's for business. So I, I really cover every discipline because it can be used transdiscipline. And then I think you're absolutely right. I think people should think about creativity, especially people in business and entrepreneurs, as strategic creativity. Right, right. As, a, as applied creativity, not just, you know, people think of creatives as people, artists living in a garret. and, and you know, <laughs> right? But you and I are strategic creative thinkers. Oh. We, we always think about the problem to solve. We anticipate issues. We think empathetically epi about our audiences. And ultimately, we think about the target audience and how it will benefit them. Exactly. Oh my God, it sounds like this book covers a lot of different aspects and things I guess people wouldn't even think about either. So this is great. Oh my goodness. I am totally going to be reading this book myself because I need to make sure I keep on top of my game. And if there's a different strategy to make this a quicker process, a better process and really getting creative, then I'd have to read this book. Robin, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It has been awesome to have you on here. So many golden nuggets in such a short amount of time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kay. It's an honor. Thanks for listening to Make Your Mark podcast at www.makeyourmarkpodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get this and every other episode that comes out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.